Welcome to the fifth episode of the Avoda Days with your hosts, Max Kleinman and Nate Goldberg. With our special guest, Executive Director Ken Schiffman. Welcome, Ken. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Nice job with the podcast so far. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Thank you. And our sponsors for tonight's podcast are Cooking with Jill and Avoda Hockey. <laughs> awesome. Jill, Jill will be, uh, she'll be pleased. Great. Always like to promote cooking with Jill. <laughs> She's done a couple of virtual uh, online, you know, cooking with Jill since this whole craziness started. And uh, some of them have been pretty well attended. They've been fun. That's great. So uh, we were wondering as the director, what are you doing right now? Not being at camp, but still working for the camp. Yeah. Good, good questions. Um, so we, I was actually just putting together a list because I, I, every month I send a report to the board of what we're working on. Um, so I've been busy with everything from keeping the campus, um, you know, up to, up to speed. So Leon, we actually hired Leon for the summer and he's been busy helping us with some of the landscaping and fixes and the grass and stuff at the waterfront. So, you know, keeping, keeping the, the camp looking good is, is a priority. And then we've been doing some virtual events for campers. Like I said, cooking with Jill has been one of them. And we find that the, the bunk hangouts have been the best. Um, so, you know, age specific stuff for, you know, the bunk 14ers for the ninth graders, eighth graders all the way down. And we've been doing everything from like game shows to poker games for the older kids to just discussions, you know, Leon's been leading those and, um, but organizing all that and getting the communications out is keeping me busy. Um, we had a 4th of July celebration down at camp and, um, you know, the goal was to kind of keep the, the bonfire tradition going and it worked out great. We had about nine or 10 staff members came, came down and a few administrators and Ronnie's family. And, um, so that was great. That was this past weekend and they, the counselors were great. They did some work for us, you know, just kind of rearranging some stuff and moving some, you know, clearing out the lodge and the rec hall and stuff. I can tell you why in a minute. And then, uh, yeah, then the broadcast, we probably had, I, we can't quite tell because we had some people on Zoom and some people on Google. I don't know, what do you, what do you, how do you, how do you broadcast on Google? Google Not, Hangout, Hangout maybe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so we, we probably had close to 75 people and there were some alums and some campers and some counselors. And, uh, and what was cool about it was that we were able to interview, you know, people who spoke at the bonfire this year who like weren't, you know, like, so Joko was in Florida and he was one of our speakers, which was great. And then Jake Swartz, he's, he, he was on the call and we, we, we asked him to speak. So, you know, guys who usually, guys who usually aren't, aren't on it, they kind of, uh, you know, jumped in, which was really cool. That's great. And then just a couple of quick things. And then, um, yeah, doing a lot of fundraising stuff that's going really well and keeping me busy. And then the final thing is we're uh, close to a deal with we're going to rent out the camp to Camp Umicus for five weeks because they have um, they can only have they usually have 400 kids at their camp but because of social distancing they can only have like 120 or something like that so they're going to do a small program at our camp for like 60 kids and um, we're really excited about it it's help it's helping them out it's it's going to be good to have kids at camp it's it's a day camp thing so we'll have nights and weekends that we're going to try to inc incorporate Avoda people on and um, so uh, anyway, so that's keeping us busy too. Wow, very cool. Sounds yeah. like you guys are doing a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's always uh, it's always busy. It's funny, even in even in a down summer, it's busy. Although I definitely would rather would be, be I'd rather be busy at camp and like the craziness of a normal July seventh rather than you know in my home office. That's for sure. Yeah, 
So, you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but obviously camp wasn't able to happen in person this summer. And so we're just kind of wondering what, what are the plans for Avoda going forward, you know, after this, this craziness that's been happening? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. Um, you know, definitely, uh, you know, the, the financial sustainability and safety of camp is number one. So making sure that we can pay our bills and live to see another summer. And like I said, thanks to parents and thanks to the alumni who really stepped up, we're going to be fine. Um, and then, yeah, next year, 2021, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, we're, we're targeting that as the time to resume and we're hoping that there'll be some sort of vaccine and everything. But, you know, I, I don't know if you guys saw the video that we put out. Um, and I'm sure you heard the announcement, but we're going to keep the bunk 14ers from this year are going to be in bunk 14 next year. Yeah, we did. hear. I did hear about that. And I think it's kind of cool because I know at the other camps like Bowercrest, stuff like that, they're the same age as that's how they do it too. Right. With the 16 year olds being the oldest. I think so. But are you, are you saying, are they keeping it the same? Do you know? Uh, oh, I don't know. But I, yeah. I think that it's, that'll be a cool thing to see. Cause I know being a CIT, you always want to be, in the in the action still uh, yeah giving those kids the opportunity to still still get their 14 year will be nice yeah they'll get the 14 year and then the cits who are going to be cits this year are going to be cits next year but because then they're going to be 17 years old i don't know if they'd be eligible for our sports team so then i was thinking like maybe we can set up a special like 17 you know year old year, year old league or something with the other camps and let them play a couple of games against each other you know yeah that'd be pretty cool, cool. And let, let me can i ask your opinion on something right so this year, right, 2020, the Bunk 14ers, they were, the, they were the 2020 Bunk 14. They want to be called the 2020 Bunk 14 next year, even though it's going to be 2021. I don't know if you guys had an opinion on what, what they should be called. I think they should keep it. I mean, you chant it every single time for the whole time they've been at camp before then. And, like, they call each other that, but I don't know. Right. But it's going to be 2021. They're they're really going to be the bunk 14 from 2021, right? Yes and no. I I kind of agree with Max on this one. I think this that age group specifically should have the ability to stay 2020, but I think it should go right from 2020 to 2022. (laughs) Interesting. Yep. You know, so I think the the 11 and 12ers next summer shouldn't have that same because they still get to have their regular 14 year. They didn't have to wait another year. So, right. I think. I think they should be 2022 and this upcoming year should be 2020. Interesting though. Can, they, Not up to us. And they can, yeah, I know. And they can adjust their, uh, they can adjust their chance, right? The kids in, in that bunk, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, just, yeah. Anyway, it's interesting. So we, me and Max were both part of the, uh, the CIT, the CIT trip to Knowles. And I know that uh, the CITs last year did a different organization or a different program. And we're wondering what the plan is for the CITs and if they're still going to do something like that. Cause I know both trips were kind of an, uh, an experiment for camp. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, and remind me what your impressions were on the Knowles trip. Not the greatest. Um, but on a scale, of, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best, what would you give it? Zero. Me, me personally, I had a really, really, really rough week. So I, I'm going to go with Max. I'm also going to give it a zero. Um, you, can't even, can't, you can't even give me a one. Can't give me a one. I'm, no, no, I, I mean, get I, it. I know it was. I know it was buggy. And okay, so then the second question is: Did you get anything out of it at all? Yes, a hundred percent. A lot of resilience. A lot of like good lessons to learn about, like how to persevere and stuff like that. It was just 
it was super unfortunate that we got hit with a heat wave while being stuck in the woods because yeah. it was like too hot. Like it would have been too hot for us to have been outside at camp. Right. And we didn't have a lake to cool off in, and so and yep. no fresh water, which was also not showering. Do you guys ever watch yeah. the TV show Naked and Afraid? I've heard of it. I've not. Yeah. It's it, it's highly entertaining. It's on the Discovery Channel, and it's it's um it's more of a survival show. Like the naked thing is not like sexual. It's more like they really they literally have nothing on their backs, and so they're getting eaten by bugs, and they're trying to survive in 110 degree weather, and there's snakes, and it's uh. You guys, you guys should check it out. It's really, uh, really good. But, but anyway, so yeah, so Noel's the last year we did Outward Bound. And so that I liked because it was closer. So one thing you guys also, you had to drive to the Adirondacks. That was like a six or seven hour ride. So these guys only had a one hour ride to Boston. Mm. Um, But then instead, and instead of hiking, they did kayaking. Um, Mm. But I actually, there's a whole podcast episode is one of my favorites. If you check it out about the program and same thing, the kids hated it you know, the CITs, but they got a lot out of it, you know? So um, that's what, that's where I kind of think we should try it one more time because and maybe even go with outward bound. The plan for this year was going to be, we were actually, we were going to work with the Appalachian Appalachian mountain club. You know, those guys, it's like a Massachusetts based, like hiking organization. And uh, so they were going to work with us. And part of it is we want, we wanted to have a little more say with the program to make it more like, Avoda lesson E, you know, because that was the feedback from both your group and last year's group was that like the cultures didn't mix, you know, stuff that they were trying to put on you guys wasn't quite like Avoda and you didn't like their way they were doing it and they didn't like the way you guys were. It was a weird, like, you know, uh, kind of clash. So they, this, this uh, AMC would, I think, allow us to work a little closer. And we even thought about having Leon go on the trip too, just to kind of. Yes. You know, bro- broker send, the relationships a little bit. Send Leon on the trip. Yeah. If Leon doesn't like it, then it's over. Are you are you saying that, Nate, because you think it'll help or because you want to see Leon pay the price? A little bit of both. I think that him <laughs> being on the trip will open him up because I think having an administrator go on it and kind of experience what we experience would be nice in terms of seeing if it's something you should continue to do going forward. And also it allows for a little bit more control over the CITs because it's a little bit easier to take directions from someone that you've known since you were like a young kid versus someone you met the day before. So. Totally. Yeah. Yep. No, I agree. Um, I agree. So- and sorry, one last thing about the outward bound thing. That's the story that I like is I talked to a lot of the guys and they say that they, they didn't understand the point of it, like while they were doing it. So they would pack up their kayak. They would, they would paddle up to a, a place unpack their kayak they would stay there they would pack up the kayak again so they were just like unpacking and packing the whole time and and paddling in between and so uh, but sorry the last thing i'll say is that they they didn't like it but when we sat and we did the you know the kind of review about the program i said well what did you get out of it and the list of what they got out of it was almost as long if not longer than what they didn't like about the program so 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 i don't know i'd like to i'd like to roll the dice and try one more time yeah, definitely yeah, worth trying again. I will say that it does put in perspective that there's nothing worse that you'll do as a CIT assignment than what we had to go through through Noah's, So That's really funny. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's that wasn't the intent, but that's a byproduct that I totally understand. Yeah. Okay, so we are going to move on to our either-or section, uh, which has become a staple of the Avoda Days podcast. And we're going to start it off with the classic waterfront or athletics? 
um, athletics. I mean, that was the, uh, that was my, that was my staff and my bread and butter when I was a counselor. So I'll stick with the athletics. Thank you. I think you might be, uh, no, Drew, you and Drew Lukoff <laughs> and maybe Jake Alexander too. I don't know, but it's always, I'm, I've always been an athletics person. I'll stand by that forever. Max, on the other hand, is not an athletics guy. I mean, I, lo- I love the waterfront. Don't get me wrong. I love being out on a paddleboard and the boating, all the stuff we do out in the lake, but you know, athletic staff, that's where it's at. Agree or disagree. <laughs> For the next one, uh, wings or mac and cheese? Mm. Uh, mac and cheese. And is that your favorite meal at camp or what's your favorite? Uh, I would say that's one of my favorite meals. I like the wings. I just feel like it's a pain in the neck to eat them. I feel like I never get quite enough. They're sometimes they're too spicy. I got a last year when we had it, it was during color war and we had 8,000 alumni came down and ate all the wings before the kids did. So I had to deal with that. Mac and cheese is just easier all around. Um, but I, I don't know what my favorite meal would be. Otherwise I have to, I have to think about that. Okay. Very good. So during the Avoda tournament, are you more rooting for the team Avoda or Avoda Hoops? It's mm. a good question. Well, I think team Avoda has had more success over the last three or four years. Um, so I feel like at the end of the day, we've been rooting for them. I'm, I'm equal opportunity. I like, I like all the teams. Um, I'm kind of bandwagon, right? Whoever's doing well, I'll root for. But of course, it's Avoda. Like you, like you guys always say, like it's the one, the one day of the year when we're all rooting for the same team. So it makes it easy. Mm, I feel that. Um, Water Wiz or the Red Sox game? Uh, that's easy for me. That's the Red Sox game. That's, I, I think, one of the best days of the summer. Um, and what's cool is we've actually – we've included alumni on that in the past. Um, and it's just a great, like, social – it's like our whole camp and everybody's so awesome. And we're at Fenway Park, and it's just like a great day or night out. So uh, that gets my vote. And it's surprisingly easy as far as trips go. Like, you're kind of – you're, you're, you're stuck in the park. You can't really go. I mean, I guess water was like that too, but um, yeah, Fenway, the Red Sox trip would my, be my vote. I got to agree with you on that one. Red Sox game is definitely a lot of fun. And I, and I, and I, I love water was, I always loved it growing up. Um, did you guys ever see the movie the way, way back? Yes, I did. Great movie, Max. You haven't seen it. You should check I have it. Not. Okay. It, it. It's a, uh, it's a great story and it, a lot of it takes place at water was, which is really cool. Cool. Can, um, can you name the other movie that takes place at, at Waterloo? Grown Ups. Grown yeah. Ups. We exactly. saw that when we were in Vanquan. <laughs> it's funny. Um, so, evening activity. It's Flag Rush, Zoo Ball, or Dead Zone? Uh, flag Rush, Zoo Ball, or Dead Zone? I think I'd have to go with Dead Zone. Really? I mean, I know it's, I know it's high risk. Um, it's just an awesome game. It's also, um, it was founded by one of my bunk mates. It was, so when we were CITs or junior counselors, one of my, one of my, the guys who was in our bunk, Mickey Lopatin, he, he invented the game. Um, and it's cool. There's just like so much going on and remind me, I should know this, right. But are there penalty rushes in flag rush? Not like, not yeah. like a, even on a normal, like evening activity. Only in uh, overtime. Well, Yeah. In overtime, I think they do them more during the scouting flag rushes. Yeah, because I like the I like that. I feel like that's more of a part of dead zone, and I like those a lot too. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, because in dead zone they do them at the end of the second half, and they right. do zoo ball kicks during halftime, which yeah, exactly. I really like. Yeah, that they incorporate both. Yeah, you get a little bit of everything, and um, 
Yeah, we did a whole podcast about the controversial color war dead zone last year too, right? I think it was dead zone or was it flag rush? Whatever the... I think it was dead zone. Yeah, yeah I think it was, it was that it was too. Yeah, so uh, that was entertaining. Max's then, cousin to throw in there. What's that? Max's cousin, Eli, kind of sent everything into chaos during that game. <laughs> with the video. So I, think, I know Leon has, has brought that up in some of his uh, hangouts with, with different age groups is, uh, as a topic is should we allow video review in our in our sporting events whether it's league or color war or desert war it's an interesting topic of discussion mm. i think yeah. i think maybe for like playoff not like playoffs but like the last game of league like the final game if need be but other than that i kind of like the the in the moment calls i think it adds to the the fun of it all even during color war yeah because i love the controversy because everyone's so passionate about what happened and it really forces the, the rest to be attentive and, and making the right calls. And I think for the most part, they usually get it right yeah. after they talk to each other. So no need to fix something that's not broken. It's uh, it's amazing. Again, I'm friends with a lot of o- alumni and, you know, people get together for drinks and dinner and they reminisce at alumni weekend and stuff. And a lot of the conversation is about color war, about missed calls, about controversy, and then on a, on a separate thing, they, there's a lot of talk about the trophies and who won what, but also who didn't win, you know, oh, that guy should have won this award and he didn't, you know, so those are th- those things. So, but definitely color war and bad calls. That's a huge, <laughs> a huge top guys, you know, 50 years later are still talking about the bad call at second base from 1955 or whatever. It's, it's really funny. It's crazy. So uh, when you have a rainy day, do you prefer to play moose ball or watch a movie? Um, I would probably say, I, I think I would choose a movie maybe. I mean, I love moose ball, but I think, you know, you can only play that for so long. I, I like the movie, especially now with a brand new, you know, awesome overhead projector. Oh, that, yes. is that what you had to clear out the lodge for? Uh, no, we had to clear out the, so I talked about, uh, Umicus using our camp. Um, so we had to, there was, there was stuff stored in there like beds and we, somebody donated some toilets and things like that. So we cleared that out, but now, but I told Umicus they could use if they wanted to, if it was raining and they wanted to show the kids a movie, they could do it very easily. Nice. Yeah. I'll have to, I'm going to have to call Max to come down and set it up to. (laughs) Only Barney can do that. (laughs) No, you did it last year, didn't you? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you, uh, you're, you're wearing a beanie, Max? I am wearing my white room beanie. We'll, we'll talk it. about the white room beanies later. I love it. So cool. Thank you. So for the second to last, either or, you a white guy, you a blue guy, you white and blue? Um, I don't, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm white and blue. But if you go to the Wikipedia page for Camp Avoda, it actually keeps the statistics of the number of blue versus white color war victories dating back to like 1970 or something like that. Um, I think for a while it was like a really, like you can look, it's kind of funny to take, check it out. There was like a long streak. I think blue was like on a hot streak for a while. Um, but I like, I like the blue and the white. I'm a big fan. But what I, teams were you generals for? A blue well, team or a white team? <laughs> I don't know. Um, let me see. Hold on. Let me look at. Uh, I should know these things. I know. Camp Avoda. Oh, hold on one sec. 
it's yeah. different not being able to see it on the uh, in the mess hall um yeah exactly well i'm so old that my my um honor rolls are actually in the lodge now but um i can't find it i'll take a look and let you know i guess okay. yeah i would say both and uh do you have a favorite color war break yeah so we did we did a few episodes about these two um i would say um let's see there's yeah my, my absolute favorite was uh here you go hold on remind me of that question i just pulled up the wikipedia page so if you look since 2000 anyway i'll tally it up later sorry to sorry to bore you um nope. yeah the color war my favorite color war start was 1981 and um, I was in bunk eight at the time. And our staff was playing the Camp Borndale staff in a softball game. And what, what I didn't know was that it was kind of a, you know, it was, it was fixed. It was rigged, right? So this, the Borndale staff was in on it. And the whole game was going on. And they're trash talking. And then at one point, our pitcher threw, threw the ball too close to their batter and then vice versa. And, like, and the whole camp was watching. It was, it was great. And, you know, I was so young. I had no idea when color war was going to be anyway. And then like, they were about to like have a, a bench clearing brawl and they all got together. And then they, they were like, wait a minute. And they said it was color war and you know, the whole camp went crazy and it was, uh, it was really cool. And then the best part about it too, was my good friend, Paul Simon. Uh, they named him a captain for whatever team he was captain of. And he was always like, kind of like a, a mentor and big brother to me. So that made it extra special. That sounds really, really cool. That was it was awesome. We should bring like, something like that back. Yeah. Well, I, I worry that with these podcasts, if kids are listening, they're going to know our, our old tricks, you know? Mm, very true. Um, so this is probably going to be the toughest question that you're going to face today. Okay. Uh, Ethan or Alex? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't answer that, but I would say that it depends on the situation, right? So um, they each have their own skills and um, I love them both dearly. Uh, but it was, I was actually just talking to my mom at lunch today. They're, you know, they're, they're close to each other, but they're very different people, which is really interesting, you know, coming out of the same household and same DNA and everything else. So they're, they're both my, my good boys. Fair enough. That's, we wouldn't expect anything less. We wouldn't want you to actually choose one or the other, <laughs> at least not live. Um, but, but, so, gr but, gr but growing up, you know, Russell Sherman, our board president, he's a good friend of mine. And his, his older brother, Alex, was a counselor at camp. And I don't know who came up with this, but for years, it was a, it was a, a debate, a question. If you were stuck on a deserted island, you know, who would you rather be with, Alex or Russell Sherman? And uh, <laughs> that was, uh, again, not, not a fair question, but kind of funny to look back on. Yeah. Uh, so one thing we wanted to talk about was how and kind of why did you want to become the director of camp? I know, you know, you were a camper. My dad was in your bunk 14. So you obviously had a, a deep connection to camp, but what made you want to come back to it? Yeah, I, I, it's a good question. I, I loved camp um, always as a camper, as an alum. And um, Jill and I were living in Brookline. And so maybe we just had Ethan. I'm trying to think of the years. Maybe, or maybe we had, maybe both kids were, you know, Alex was born in, in uh, 2003. So it was probably right after that. It was probably like 2004, 2005. And I said, to, I kind of like woke up one day and I was, I enjoyed my job. I was in the database world 
doing marketing stuff and technical stuff and client relationships. And I, I learned a ton and I loved it. But I said to her, I think I'd really like to get into doing sports and stuff with youth, um, you know, as my full time job. And so I started doing um, like sports classes for little kids for four and five year olds. And then I also said to myself, I, I love league competition. And so I said, it would be really cool to start a league in like some of the local towns instead of just basketball or just baseball, it would be a multi-sport league, just like we do a camp. Mm. So I, then I embarked on trying to get gym space and fields and everything else. And it was so hard because all the other leagues were already kind of entrenched and everything else. So that all happened. And then right around the same time, I found out that the camp was looking for, um, you know, to, to add to the leadership team. And I was on the alumni board at the time. So I, I kind of heard about it firsthand. And I remember saying to Jill, like, you know, of all of the youth and sports programs and careers in the world, like this might be the, the, the perfect one. Right. Um, so I threw my hat in the ring and I interviewed with the board. I remember, I remember the interviews, the one-on-ones, um, actually in 2007, the year before I started, I, I went to camp on the weekends only just to kind of see what was going on and to kind of get the lay of the land. Um, and then I, and then I got the job and I started in 2008. So all worked really well. And I was, you know, always really, um, you know, felt blessed that the board took a chance on me. I didn't have any camp experience. Um, you know, now I, you know, 13 years later I do. Um, but, um, yeah, I came from a, you know, it technical management experience to running a summer camp and, uh, first couple of summers were tough. That's for sure. Mm. What, what years did you guys start? Well, it was 2010. Yeah. So, so early, early on in the Ken Schiffman era. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's, it's interesting. Running a summer camp is an interesting job. Very, it, it's more complicated than people think. And there's a lot of stuff that you're always managing at one time. And it's uh, a lot of people. And I always say that every camper, every counselor, everybody has their own storyline. Um, and invariably most of them come back to, to me and to Ronnie and to Leon, you know, if somebody gets in trouble, somebody gets hurt, if somebody has disagreement, somebody succeed, like whatever the case may be. So we're kind of keeping track of all these different um, interesting narratives and, uh, it's great. I, I love it. And I, I definitely miss it this summer. Do you wish you had a more instructional role on like athletics or, um, not necessarily on athletics, but I, I always kind of daydream. I would like to do more on the programming side. Um, but I always worry about my ideas getting accepted. You know, it's like sort of like when the, you know, the principal wants to do something, everyone's like, Oh, what does he know? Right. So I'm like the, you know, if I'm the authority at camp, I don't know if people would really be interested. Um, but I maybe, would maybe if you, uh, tell them to Ethan and Alex and they pitch the idea. It might work. <laughs> that might, my, my celebrity moles. Yes. give them the ideas no i mean like the, here's a good example right one idea is that i um i always think like you know the color war plays are so entertaining so then i was like well it would be great if we did another like play in the middle of the summer so i was thinking like the end of the first month <laughs> so the whole, the whole first month we could have kids i don't know if we want to write an original thing like again i'm happy to do it but having staff members or somebody to help out writing a play practicing it like they could even like just like color war they could come out you know a few nights of the week after taps and they could practice and stuff. And then, you know, a few nights before the end of the first month, we, we put on a big, you know, big show. Could be interesting. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, that's something I'd like to get involved in that type of things. But yeah, there's, I would, I would love to be involved in the program. I like that idea. I know that in battle, the super teams, 
they've been doing like short skits in the past, but mm-hmm. what you're talking about would be like a major play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely would be an upgrade from the Battle of the Super Team skits, which can sometimes be a little bit funny. Yeah. But they're very short. Um, a, a point of trivia is uh, when I was in Bunk 14, I was captain uh, for just one event the entire summer in 1984, and it was for Battle of the Super Teams because we used to do it before. Like now we do it when the 14-ers aren't in camp, but when, we, when it started, it happened <laughs> just when everybody was there. So that was the one year, the one event I was captain for the entire summer. You got the last laugh, though, because I think you were like the winning, you won by the record or something as a general, right? Yeah, color where I did. Yeah, it was, I don't know if it was the record, but it was my, my the first year as general, I lost um, by a, just a little bit. And then the second year we won, we won by a lot. So, yeah. Very cool. What is the most, most noticeable change since you started as a director to 2020? Um, I mean, I feel like when I started, you know, like I, I've shared the story a lot of times, there was definitely you know, I felt like Avoda was kind of rough around the edges, you know, like it was from a culture standpoint, I think it's good to have people feel like they're getting their grit and character and determination from camp, but you have to do it in a way that like makes people feel good about themselves and not bad about themselves. Right. Um, so for example, one thing that was happening when I was a first year director was, you know, people would be giving the, the, the five finger, the star on the back of the, yeah, they were five star on the back of somebody's, you know, bare skin and big red mark. And I'm like, and, and the staff would say to me, no, the, the kids like that. And I'm like, I don't think the kids like that, you know? So there were like elements like that, that weren't so nice or inviting or culturally positive. So I'd like to think that it's a, it's a nicer place to be now than it was back when I started. Um, and I don't know if that's true. That's like, that's my perception of it. Um, but you know, I'd like, I'd like everybody to feel included. And yeah, I always say like, you don't have to be best friends with everybody in your bunk, but you can't be rude to them. Like once you're, once you're part of a voter, you're part of a voter. And, and I think that's, uh, that's really important. Yeah. I think, I think we could agree on that one, that there's definitely more inclusive culture than there was when we started off. Yeah. And, and like, and like I said, I don't, I don't want to dilute what we have. And I, you know, I love the, I love who I am because of camp and it's okay to have a little adversity along the way. Uh, but you know, it's not nice. It's not okay for kids to be rude to each other. It's not okay for counselors to be rude to campers, those types of things. So, um, you know, in the seventies and eighties were a much different time in the nineties than, than where we are now as a, as a culture and as a, as a country and everything else. So, um, you know, some of the stuff that happened back in the old days when I was a camper and a counselor was terrible. I think about it now and I'm like, like somebody should have said no to some of the things that were happening, you know? Yeah, Definitely. Is there anything that you still want to change about camp now that's on the agenda? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, no, I just like to always, I like to see us, you know, improve. Um, you know, so for example, athletics is something I'd like to see improve a little bit. You know, I, from the feedback I always get is kids don't love it and counselors don't love it, yet we still offer it. And I think it's important for kids to practice their sports drills, but there's got to be a more fun way to do it. Um, so that's, that's something I'd like to see improve a little bit. Um, and then, you know, it's funny cause everybody always says like, it's, it's really good to keep things the same. Like a voter should never change. I don't know if that's totally true. Again, I, I like to preserve all of the traditions and the, 
um, all the games and sports and stuff that we do, but it's always fun to introduce new things because when people like it, we're like, oh, that's awesome. We should do it again, right? So like Mud Marines, for example, is something that I don't think we do every summer and every time we do it, kids love it. So, uh, you know, just improving and trying new things, people, you know, not being afraid to try new things, I think is really important. Oh, sorry, one of the things that yeah, you, oh, I want, one other thing when you're done. Um, just with the athletic things, something that I think we should consider was back when we were, when me and Max started off, um, I think we had athletic groups that were used to kind of match up kids with similar athletic abilities and those who maybe needed more instruction versus more like game experience. I don't know. I think that could be something to be, to be brought back up in discussion because I think it allowed for a little bit of a more instructive athletics period. Yeah, makes sense, right? Right, the people who need you know basic stuff, and then if you can get into more advanced and complex strategy or whatever with the other guys, yeah, I, I like I like that idea. Also, maybe having a, like a a simple like a, a couple of drills that every sport can do to for the kids to get better, and then they'll do it every single time they have a sport, so they progressively get better throughout the summer. Right. Yeah, that's a good idea. I was going to say too. One other thing that you said. What would I like to see change the camp? or improved or added or whatever. I, I always think, uh, think it's, it's cool when we start new traditions. So, uh, you know, I don't know how to, that's like a really global, you know, topic. I don't know where you would insert stuff, but um, you know, doing anything that people like that then becomes a tradition is, is a really cool thing too. So I'd love to see a couple of traditions here and there get introduced. Yeah. I think yeah. one of the, the best new traditions that we have at camp is the sophomore overnight. Oh, that's cool. That's good. Piloted by the 2K17-14 back when, when we were in 5A and 5B. <laughs> Little rascals. I love it. I think, did I, I don't know, did I go on that? Is that the you one did. where we went, did we go to the Western, we went to the uh, the waterfall thing, like a little slide that you could go down? Yep. We yeah, also went did the... <laughs> Tubing in the river. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. <laughs> you, you, know, you know that story? We do. Yeah. Would you yes, like to do. explain it? Sure. I'll tell our, our viewers or our listeners. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was, so what year was that? 2010? Uh, no, probably like 13. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was because you started in 2010. Yeah. So basically we, 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 we I, I got this great idea from, um, again, when I was in the corporate world, we did this outing and we went down this river in Western mass on inner tubes. And the way I remember that particular outing again with adults with, you know, 30 and 40 year olds, was the water was like maybe a foot deep, maybe two feet deep at the most. It was really calm. You could splash each other. It was really fun. So when, when you guys had your overnight, he said, oh, it'd be really cool if we did this tubing thing that I learned about. So we go to the place, we go to the river, everybody gets in their tubes and we go. It was kind of like a white water rafting experience, except we were on these inner tubes. And I remember some kids definitely panicking and getting nervous and somebody flipped. And then, so at one point I was like, and I had actually hurt my rib on this overnight. I remember in the middle of the night, I, uh, I fell and, and hurt, hurt myself on a chair. So the next day we're doing this white water rafting thing. And I think, who was it? It was a uh, Scribner. Scribner and Valensky, I think. Yeah. No, 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 it was, it might, was it Valensky or was it, I thought it might've been Max. I mean, uh, Eli Kleinman, right? I thought. Was it Eli? there then. Uh, yeah. He had a, like a three year gap year. So it was Scribner and someone else. And I remember, um, you know, the, I think it was Scribner who was having a hard time. So I like jumped out of my tube and I swam over to his tube. And then there was one other kid and I brought them both to the side of the shore. Cause like, I, it was like kind of panic mode for everybody. And I'm like, Oh, let's just get out of the water. 
So we got everybody to the side. Meanwhile, everybody else goes down the river. So we're stuck on the side of this river, no cell phone. No, I don't know where we were. So we climb up this bank of like weird, you know, like thick mud. And all of a sudden we're on train tracks. So now we're walking on train tracks in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, all right, if a train comes, like we're, we're in trouble. There's like, there's nowhere to go. Keep walking, keep walking. Finally, we get to like a little bit of like a, I wouldn't even call it a neighborhood, but a place where there were houses. <laughs> and I, I didn't know where, they were, where we were. So I, I knocked on someone's door. And this, I remember this woman let me use her phone. But meanwhile, I'm with, the, I'm with two kids. And so we go into the house. And she let me use her phone. And did you guys ever see the movie, The Silence of the Lambs? Mm-hmm. It's a really intense, scary movie. And the and, and in that movie, it's about a guy who like is a serial killer who like takes people's skin off and makes like other people. With, anyway, so we go in and there was a mannequin with like sewing pins. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, this woman is going to kill us and take our skin. And <laughs> it was really scary anyway, but she didn't do that, thankfully. And she let us use her phone. And then somebody from the camp group came and picked us up and we were okay. But um yeah it was like director my one of my few, first few years as director and a great great idea for an overnight and all i could think of was like oh my god i could like you know i'm in like life-saving mode and now oh, it was, the whole thing was crazy yeah that was that was that was funny to hear what happened when you guys showed back up at the camp yeah was it was it caden maybe the caden puccio was he the other guy it might have been caden it could have been caden yeah it definitely it was, was Scribner though yeah, I, script I remember. Yeah, no, there was one other person. Anyway, might not have been Caden. So yeah, you, you live and learn. You know, you live and thank, thankfully stay alive. I guess. Yeah. Um. So, do you have any specific funny memories, or even not funny memories, of uh, Max and I when we were campers? <laughs> um. That you care to share? Because. <laughs> um. No, I, I, I would share it all. Um. No, I, I nothing nothing off the top of my head. Um, you know, I was never your, your, your counselor. I feel like I know you guys really well. It's been great to watch you grow up and become, you know, awesome counselors at camp and, and fine young men. But, um, I don't know. Let me think about that. I know that's not the best answer. Let me, I, nothing, nothing jumps out of the top of my head. That's totally okay. We can leave it at that. <laughs> um, do you have a most embarrassing memory of yourself at camp? As a camper, as a counselor, or as an administrator? All of the above. <laughs> um, I don't think I had too many as a camper. I, I felt pretty secure about myself. Um, I, I actually just shared the story the other day. So one of my first summers as director, um, might have even been my first summer as director, I, I used to wear a fanny pack. Um, and I know it wasn't cool, but like, I didn't really care. And it was super functional. So I loved it. But of course, like every time I even, you know, thought about wearing it, like I, I everybody made fun of me for it. And, and in the color war play that year, you know, they asked to borrow my shirt and whatever else I wear and everything. And they're like, Oh, can we borrow the fanny pack? So I gave them that too. And then the play ends and everybody cleans up and goes their separate way. And I never, I never found the fanny pack. So somehow it got thrown away. And I, I thought that was like a message from God. So I, I never, I never replaced it. That's awesome. I did not know that. <laughs> it was like, it was like a black leather fanny pack. And uh, yeah, I mean, Jill hated it. My kids hated it. Everybody hated it, but I, I persevered until, until that color war play. What I wouldn't give to see you rocking a fanny pack walking around <laughs> camp. It'd be too funny. Bring it back. Uh, so how, Oh, do you have any funny stories about Mr. Davis uh, when you were either as a camper or a staff member or as a co-administrator with him? Yeah, I mean, um, 
you know, as a, as a staff member, right. I remember going to the Sunday night staff meetings and, you know, sitting on the back, like you guys do and making fun of the, the guy who's running the meeting, right. Which is now me, but um, you know, Mr. Davis, I love him. He's, but, but he's, but he's, he's a colorful character, easy to, easy to laugh at and with. Um, um, so I don't know, repeat the question. I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought talking about PGD. Yeah. Just a funny story about PGD. Just something that makes you like think about him and, and kind of explains who he is and something like that. Yeah. I don't know how funny it is, but I, I always say like, you know, so I was lucky enough to, I grew up with Paul and then working with him alongside him to run camp for a whole bunch of years was, was great. <laughs> and what, what always amazed, a couple of things amazed me about him. One is that he like didn't really get rattled at the big things. So we had stomach bugs go through camp. We had nurses who quit on us, nurses we had to fire, um, all sorts of weird crises. And he was always calm as a cucumber. But if a stapler was missing from his desk or some like weird small thing, he would like lose his mind. So that, that was always like a, an interesting kind of thing about him. But, um, but no, he was, he was, he was great. The other thing, the other interesting, amazing thing, like, I, I don't know, I don't know about how you guys stay organized, but I have to write everything down and I have to like get organized every morning. And, you know, I'm pretty methodical about how I answer my emails and all this other stuff. And I, I don't think Paul had much of a system other than like whatever came to him, he would do immediately and get, and like get it out of his, his, his queue. I don't, I couldn't work like that, but for him, it worked really well. The other thing is he has a, a mind like a steel trap. Like he remembers everything. He remembers people's addresses. He remembers all the different regulations for the ACA accreditation. He remembers the permits and the dates that they have to go out. And again, I have like, I have lists of lists and he somehow just kept it all in his brain, which is amazing. So, um, but I love Paul and it was nice. Actually we had for the 4th of July this, this past weekend, uh, he came down, which was great. And, uh, and then he told the ghost story, which he's been doing the past bunch of years, which is, uh, which is always entertaining too. Well, it's too entertaining for a young Nate Goldberg. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because it's funny you say that because last year there were, there were a few campers who came up to me right before the ceremony and they're like, um, this ghost story is too scary. Can, can you tell us when it's over? So like four or five kids like left and went up to the rec hall or something. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, then we called them back. Probably should have done that when I was younger, but build character. <laughs> builds char- builds, does build character. Builds character. Exactly. Uh, um, so do you have any advice for like a first year camper or for a JC? Cause while those aren't necessarily the same things, I think they're kind of similar in uh in a way yeah i mean first year campers you know i always talk to i talk to as many of the new families as i can and i my advice is always to a do as many sleepovers before camp starts as possible so that's and i truly believe it if if a child can go to someone's house and sleep over and not have to call their parents at 11 30 at night to pick them up they can easily do two or three or four weeks at camp um and then JCs, uh, I feel like they know a fair amount coming into the game. Like they just finished their CIT year for the most part. Um, I know there's still a learning curve, but um, I guess my advice to them would be, uh, you know, just, just to be open-minded and to really take initiative. You know, I mean, I tell that to staff members all the time anyway. It's, it's good to listen to directions and do what you're told, but it's also really good. And one of the best things I think a staff member can do is 
is to recognize when something needs to be done and to just do it. So I, th I guess that would be my advice for, for JCs. That is good advice for both, for both aspects of it. I didn't even think about the sleepover thing as a, as a trick to kind of get kids ready for camp. So yeah, I'll keep that, keep that in mind when recruiting new people. Yeah. You know, every, every child is different. So some have no problem with the social aspect and some it's a, it's a challenge. Um, I don't know. There's much you can do to prep for it. I'd like to think of Oda is a really good, you know, learning ground, you know, learning, you know, area for people to figure out socially how to behave and what's okay and what's not okay and what turns people off. And <clears throat> I say it all the time, you know, so again, it's, you don't have to be best friends and it's okay if you get into arguments with each other, but it's, how do you resolve it and how do you figure each other out and grow and learn to live together? You know, those are like amazing life skills to have. For sure. Definitely. So we're going to end it off with a birthday speech. So Sounds good. Before we do that, can I um, just note for the audience that, yeah, I grew up with both of your dads, right? So that's a, an amazing thing about Avoda and I love the multi-generational thing, but um, yeah. So Max, your dad was, a counselor when I was a camper and then Nate, your dad and I were bunk mates for five years, which was amazing. Bunk eight, bunk 10, bunk 12, 14. And um, so, yeah, so I feel like I have a nice connection with you both and happy to see you both so involved with camp and certainly running the podcast is amazing. So thank you. Thank you. I, I also have a very strong connection to camp being that before my father my grandfather was also an Avodian, and before that, the judge who started the camp. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And I, please tell me if I'm repeating myself, but on, I, maybe we said this on a prior podcast, but I remember <clears throat> giving a tour, um, or, like when you were young, Max, and and going up, and you know, as I do on most tours, talking to campers and saying, you know, what do you like about camp? What don't you like about camp? This and that. And I remember you saying, like, you know, camp is pretty good. This was early on in your career. Camp is good, but I basically don't have a choice. He's like, I, I have to come here. My dad came here and my grandfather. And it was kind of, you know, it was in front of another family. So it was always, always kind of a funny thing. Yeah, I might have said that because I remember I didn't want to come to camp when I was seven years old. I was like, I love my day camp. My dad had me do the weekend warrior program and I fell in love with camp. Right. That's cool. It's good. Me and, Max, yeah. me and Max were in bunk one together and we also were weekend warriors together too. So, so cool. Would have been Max is actually coming to visit uh, Massachusetts because he lives out in Chicago for those who didn't know. And he's coming up to stay with me for, for a week or so. So Max, will this be what, 12 years in a row now? Yeah, I've lived more than two years of my life in Massachusetts. <laughs> That's great. I love it. So cool. So, uh, Kenneth, without further ado, would you give us your, your birthday speech here? Um, yes, although I would ask, is this my uh, – does this summer count as my years at camp? I don't think so. I don't think so. So then I think – so <laughs> uh, So this is my 23rd year at Avoda. Hey. I like it very much. Hey. And typically I list everybody at camp, um, you know, admin and nurses and staff and JC and CIT. So everyone is definitely number one. Uh, but in this case, I would say <coughs> um, the, the Big Avoda World and the Avoda Days podcasts. Hey. hey. And I would say the Avoda spirit and the amazing character of alumni and staff and campers and CITs alike. Uh, are all number one. Hey. 
Very nice. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Uh, and you know, hopefully you keep seeing these fun online activities for campers to do and they enjoy the podcast that you and, and me and Max are making. And next year we'll be back better than ever. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Really cool. And uh, yeah, thanks for, uh, for generating these, this content. I really hope kids are listening to it and staff are listening to it. So actually, I, I'm just sending out a weekly update either I think this afternoon and in there, I'm putting a little uh, blurb. So hopefully parents will share with their kids, but uh, yeah, all good stuff and great to see you guys. Great to talk to you. Likewise.